0: On that. Uh, we handed out at the beginning of, I think, the end of November, um, uh, basically just a, uh, an advent, how to follow practices in your home. That uh, was online and whatnot. Um, but each candle uh, within the wreath represents um, an aspect of the spiritual preparation for the celebration of Jesus' birth. And so... Most Advent uh, wreaths use um, a number of different colors, the purple, the pink, the white, and such as you see in front of you. Um, And these candles all represent, one, the hope of Christ, the love of Christ, uh, the joy of Christ, the peace of Christ, and the salvation of Christ. And so we're going to um, recognize all of that tonight in in our celebration here. Um, and so what we're going to do is we'll, we'll start, I'll, I'll talk about a specific color, we're going to have an honorary person at each table, the designated candle lighter, so choose somebody wisely um, with all of that, and um, on, we'll just start with a candle, we're going to start with the first purple candle, so um, if you would, light that first purple candle, you designated candle lighter, all right. So before we begin, let's pray. Lord, we pray that um, as we focus on you, your birth, and um, just these aspects, um, these topics, these amazing truths and the reality of what we experience in a relationship with you as we begin with hope, we, we just pray that you'd be blessed. You'd move in our hearts, Lord, we're all really busy in this time of the year, and um, even some have dealt with health issues and, and just different challenges. And we pray tonight that you'd settle our hearts, um, and that we get our focus again on you, and and we would just find our hearts filled with your love, your peace, your joy, um, and your hope. And uh, we pray all this in Jesus' your name. Amen. We, st- we started off our, our um, Christmas season um, on the first Sunday and I talked out of um, Isaiah chapter 9 and I thought it was a very interesting to bring um, a perspective and understanding just, you know, who is this child? And in order to understand the significance of, of Jesus' birth, I think it's important to understand, of course, who he is as God in flesh. And, and that's one thing to understand that theologically that we we recognize God as He has revealed Himself to us through His Word and, and through creation and through His His Son of course. Um, it's great that we can we can look over, you know, our 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 Bibles and we can begin to understand who God is, the nature of God, the triune God and and all of that. But you know, who was who was God to these people in the Old Testament? And we can, we can look at the first account when God encountered Adam and Eve. We can walk through the, the different eras of God um, interacting with the fathers of faith, the patriarchs of faith, um, his people when they began to follow him out of the land of Egypt and all of that. But ultimately, he is a God that, that, that sees us and he cares about us and he wants to know us intimately. And oftentimes we hear people talk about, the hope that they have in God or put your hope in God. And and sometimes, you know, to, to people that that's a concept. And to others, it's it's reality. It's become an experience that they have with God um, often. And there's never been a time where God has not wanted us to to find our hope and our help in Him. And that passage in Isaiah chapter 9, when we get to verse 6, where he begins to talk about, "Friend, to us a child is born unto us, a son is given. Um, and, and we were like, wow, that's like a really clear um, description of who the Messiah will be. It speaks of his humanity. It speaks of his deity. Before that, we, we, we referenced that, and I think it's important. We talked about, it was a time when, when people were in darkness. They were just in darkness, spiritual darkness, and there was the, the, the crying out to God, and there's been throughout the whole Testament many times that God heard their cry. He saw their plight, and he heard their cry, and this is who God is, and that passage there says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. And what they needed was a glimmer of hope. And no matter what generation, what era man has lived on this planet, there are some dark days, dark days around us, and even darkness within us where we lose hope. Maybe we're going through something where it's just dark. And even as Christians, we can... We can have some dark days, we can have some, experience some darkness through difficult circumstances, maybe through living a life as a Christian that doesn't line up with God's word. And before long, man, we're, we're dealing with some darkness. And I believe that our God who desires to be light, and that speaks of his power, that speaks of his purity, it speaks of his holiness, speaks of ability. He sees every bit of the darkness, and he he gave his son to deal with every bit of that darkness, every bit of hopelessness that we would ever experience, every bit of hope that we would ever need was given to us in the person of Jesus Christ. And so, um, Laurie, I'm going to have you read uh, Romans chapter 15, verses 12 through 13,
1: and again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up. One who will arise to rule over the nations. The Gentiles will hope in him. May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.
0: Yeah, and I think the... Uh the thing I think it's important to focus on in that verse is the word trust. This, this hope that we have from God is not something that he just here you go. Even as it was for the nation of Israel in the days of Isaiah, they were living in darkness, and God was wanting them to, to know who He was. He was wanting to know them to know the promise of the Messiah and He was wanting them to step out in faith and trust Him and believe in Him. He wanted them to know, you're not forgotten. I hear you. I see your plight. But then we we move in and we build uh, the idea of hope and how we experience God's hope through his word. And as Lori just read, yes, it's for the Gentiles. Yes, it's for us as well. The, the non-believers would be the idea. But that hope is experienced by putting our trust in him. And so for the demoniac that Jesus encountered. Jesus would want to activate that, that demoniac's faith. For the person that was blind, he would want to activate the faith of that person that was blind. For the person that, that, that lost a loved one and their, the, the mother who lost her son, to, to every physical need, to every spiritual need, to every challenged person that Jesus encountered, he was there to offer them him and inviting them to put their faith in Him. And so, as you, you hear this tonight, I don't know where you're at in your walk with the Lord and whatnot, but I, I believe this is a very important thing when we think about the hope that He offers us down here in this world right now. You think our world needs some hope? Amen. Amen. So, really think through. We're going to invite you to pray in just a moment, but really think through, man. I, I have this amazing hope in Jesus as my Savior. Listen, he's forgiven me. <laughs> he saved me. I have this amazing hope in the, the promise that he is coming back for me. I have this amazing hope in the fact that I'm not alone. I'm adopted and grafted into the family of God. Amen? And there's just so much hope that we have in him. And I think it's good to really think through that. And, and, and based on the, the ongoing hope we have experienced, that should build our faith for more hope and a greater hope that he is and he desires um, to be in um, our life. And Monique's going to read a scripture here that deals with a future hope as well out of First Peter chapter 1. The hope of heaven. Raise your hand if you have the hope of heaven. <laughs> Eternity. You have a reservation. Your, your name, my name, we're all in the same book. The Lamb's Book of Life. Isn't that cool? And one day we're going to be there together. And um, I just pray I can one time see you there and go, I eh, told you so. I just, that's it. His hope was real. We pointed you there. You put your hope in him and here Here we are forever and ever and ever with the one who died for us and made eternal life with him possible. Amen? So, uh, okay, so why don't you take a couple of minutes and um, have someone at your table lead a prayer thanking God.
3: Set thy people free From our fears and sins release us Let us find our rest in thee real strength and consolation
0: All right, well, the second candle that we're going to light is another purple candle, so go ahead and light another one of those purple candles on your table, and this is going to represent the love of Christ. So we move from the hope of Christ to the love of Christ. Lori is going to read. We've got a couple scriptures here we're going to read that help us understand the love of Christ. So Lori. So
1: 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says beloved let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God
2: John 3:16 and 17 says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrates
1: his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us.
0: Romans 5.5, talking about, you know, we become recipients of God's love when we're born again. It says, the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given uh, given to us. And then a new, a new Marx, Marxist, even as believers, the love of God does that. In John 13, it says, a new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you. Um, by this, all will know that you are my disciples. And so um, it's interesting that um, Jesus takes what meant so much to his followers, which would have been the word of God, the law. And he's like, man, you guys are are followers of the law. Oh, a new commandment. And he takes their whole experience of following him and the experience that they're going to have with one another as followers of God, as now the family of God, the ones that are going to be the the first to be indwelled by the Spirit of God, the ones that are going to make up the first church, a new commandment that I have. I'm sure they were all like, whoa, let's lean in on this one. That you guys, you love one another. And then he sets this standard. The same way that I've loved you. And I'm sure they looked at each other, this haphazard group of guys, one, well, that's a tall order. This guy's love is crazy unconditional. We, we still are hung up on our traditions and our culture and our just our ways, how we view society. We, we have the right through our traditions and through our culture to to write off this demographic and to back off from that demographic and to not forgive to this extent and to walk away during these and, and he's not done that with us. What's the point he's driving home? What was it like when over and over they saw his unconditional love on display? What was it like when when they saw him with the Samaritan woman, when they saw him along the way, man, just embracing from the, from the person as leprosy to the, to the like worst of society, the tax collectors, the publicans that everyone had written off. What was that like for them to watch that? Day in, day out, week in, week out for three and a half years. What was that like? for them to have that final supper with him and as they walked in, thinking of themselves and who's the greatest and he takes the position of a servant and, servant and begins to wash their feet. was that like when he's being nailed to a cross and if any of them were in an earshot throw of that, they hear him say, Father, forgive them for they know not what, what they do. And then these amazing challenging words that he said to them would resonate in their heart and to be supported by who he was. And we now, over 2,000 years of history, have seen families and individuals and marriages and communities and entire cultures be radicalized by the radical commands of a radical second person of the Godhead who took on flesh and dwelt among us in order to give his life for us. We have that history, and, and, and for us that have walked with the Lord for a period of time, how much of his loving us has driven us forward in our walk? His love that we experience as we worship him, as we read his word, his love that is displayed towards us through the body of Christ. The forgiveness, the embrace, the support, the encouragement, and yeah, the discipline. And, and, and all of what the love of God was designed to be, it's interesting that Jesus would be like, "This is not a suggestion. And by the way, here's the standard. I'll live it out and I'll display it." And think of how radically our life has changed by the radical display of Christ love for us and so think through that someone at your table again take this time and and pray and just thank the lord for his love
3: yeah
0: So the third candle that we're going to light is the pink candle. So why don't you go ahead and light the pink candle on your table. And this is what some call the shepherd's candle, uh, but it represents the joy of Christ. So we have had the hope of Christ, the love of Christ, and the joy of Christ. I think a lot of people, even, even Christians, will um, take two words and see them the same way in the same light. And oftentimes you do that with happiness and, and joy. And oftentimes um, we, we do that innocently. It's just I think that they, they are common experiences, common uh, emotions. But the, the difference is this happiness um, in the Latin the word is happenstance and the the idea behind happenstance it's a it's an emotion that you have based on a circumstance so if something happens in your life that makes you happy you're that's that's happenstance and that's something we experience there are certain things that 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 do happen in our life and and we are we're happy people. I love the Duck Dynasty guy. Happy, happy, happy. You know, I just I I tend to wake up a happy guy. I just do. I, I'm excited another day. You get to be 63 years another day. This is great. But uh, for some people, they're 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 not so happy. Their circumstances are are challenging. We travel a lot to some difficult difficult places, some third world countries and there's some very difficult circumstances people are going through. We go to a disaster relief and, and people's whole world and their community is completely changed. And then there's not a lot of happy people when you go into a community and four square miles have been covered by water. But there's always something that amazes me in the midst of really dire circumstances where most of the people are no longer happy because of those circumstances, but then there'll be these people, they're Christians, and there's just something on their face that you're like, that's not the look of being unhappy. It might be a serious look, it might be a, a sobering look, but there's something about their eyes that tell you inside of them they're okay. And when you talk to them, you begin to listen to them, you realize that this is something God is doing. You, 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 you look at them, and they might even be talking about the circumstances with that, that same gleam that someone has in their eye when they're happy and the smile, if you will, that someone has when they're happy. But all of the circumstances around you are like, there's nothing to be happy about. But, but they have the look of someone that's happy. And what that is, is it's it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's something God produces on the inside of them. And it's joy. It's it's I use it as this this phrase, it's the settling of the soul that God, that God does, and He brings about, it's it's more than an emotion. It's an alteration of your character, it's an alteration of your perspective. Everyone else is looking at these circumstances and seeing nothing good. The child of God is looking at those same circumstances and sees God, sees God in it, knows that all things are working together for good to those who love him, to those that are called according to his purpose. They know he's working in. Every area of their life. And there's this, this steady, you know, solidifying, stabilizing thing that's happening in their heart. It, it alters how they view things. It alters how they talk about those things. And, and, and if you listen to them long enough, you're like, I think they got some joy in this. And that's what we have. When I think about my father, and in in a couple of days, he he would have been 85 years on this on this planet, and he's no longer with us. And I I think about him, and there there are times that just brings the little boy out in me, and I kind of man, I miss that dude and his sense of humor. I could go down the list, and I I kind of get a little like serious, man. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute. Hold on, and the Lord begins to remind me of the promises of his word, where my dad is, I will one day be. And there's that eternal embrace awaiting, awaiting me. On the, on, on, the, on the other side of our final illness, on the other side of our final, like, last breath, the world would look at that and go, what could be worse than that? The believer looks at that and goes, I can't think of anything better than that because of the hope that we have and the promises of who God is, what he's become in our life, and what we know he's going to be in our future. what we I've gone away to prepare a place for you, Lance, that where I am, you may be also. Talk about joy. Talk about a reason to have a gleam in my eye and, and, and a settling in my soul. And that's what joy is. It is not happiness. It's something that God produces on the inside. And so as you guys, you know, pray. Pick someone to, to, to pray right now. And I don't look for the person smiling. I got the most joy. Let's pray. We all have this as believers. Amen? <laughs> and you might not feel real joyful in this season because you've got your eyes on circumstances. And you've taken them off of God. And that's where the joy begins to well up in our soul. That's one of the things we're trying to do in this season is just go back to who he is, who who is this child? What child is this? And and what did he grow up to be? And what does he today mean in our life? And what does he produce in our life today? And joy is a, a huge part of that. Amen? So let's take some time and pray and thank the Lord for his joy.
2: Luke 2. Seven through 15 says, "And she gave birth to her firstborn a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for him them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, "Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people." Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about.
3: Joy to the world! The Lord is come. Let her
0: So the fourth candle is going to be another purple candle. And this is the candle that reminds us of the peace of Christ.
1: Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says this, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus.
0: You know, the Bible talks about peace with God and the peace of God. And... We experience peace with God the moment that um, we're born again. The idea is that as we are born into this world, we are born really estranged from God. We don't have a relationship with Him. That comes when we recognize and we come to God on His terms, we understand who He is, and we, we realize that. There's a wage of sin. We understand that sin separates us from Him. Our sin needs to be forgiven. And when we um, humble ourselves to God at that point in time and we invite Him into our life to be our our Lord and Savior, that um, enmity that the Bible talks about in the book of Genesis, that deep-seated resentment towards God is conquered by God. When we invite Him in, to save us and to forgive us and to adopt us into his family. He's the one that deals with that enmity. He he removes that. And then we are at peace with God. And it's at that time now that you can begin to experience the peace of God as God designed um, his peace to, to work in our lives, as Lori said, "You know, we we we. It's like God knows our makeup or what. Don't be anxious for anything." Lance, does anybody here deal with just getting anxious over things from time to time? Or I'm the only one that put myself out there and I'm a little anxious about it right now. <laughs> we, we we all do. Oftentimes, oftentimes when when there's struggles in life, things aren't going the way that I think that that they that they should. My default, oftentimes, is my flesh. And it's at those times where, where the Holy Spirit convicts me. You're all worked up. Sometimes Lori, she, she's the, the one that has to put up with that side of me when I get anxious and I begin to complain. Any, any complainers here ever? Anybody complain this week? Raise your hand. So we got complainers and liars that didn't raise their hands, I love that. That's it, we're two categories tonight. And, and how many of you spouses know that we hear that a little bit from our spouse from time to time, right, They get anxious, we get in the flesh, and, and God knows what's going on, he knows those circumstances. And you know what, he wants to conquer that, he wants to rule that. And so how does that happen? Is that like, oh, every time Lance gets worked up and gets the flesh, I just supernaturally step in and, and I give him my peace, no. He invites me, he invites me to come to him. Be anxious for nothing, but through everything. The prayer, the, the making my request, that's my part, that's your part, and then what his peace does. The word is, is it rules that we derive our English word umpire from that. That, that he's, he's looking at the circumstances, he sees our reaction to that, that the anxiety, our flesh and all of that. And when we turn to him, the, the two things he goes, he moves towards is our mind and our emotions. That's what he does. He, he, will, he will guard our hearts and our minds. And that's it's how we're thinking about things. We come to him and he realigns. We begin to see things now as he sees things. And then there's something about his peace that guards our mind to where we're resting in how he sees it and then the feelings and the emotions we get all worked up he's like no 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 when you turn to me and you you pray and you give this over to me lance my peace will guard i'll i'll settle your soul and then i'll i'll referee between your feelings and what you think and those circumstances and the result of that is going to be an inward tranquility Oftentimes, that's what I'm pursuing when I try and fix things myself. How many of you mess things up, make it worse when you try and fix it yourself? Any other? Yes. Some of you just are not going to be honest tonight. You're not. <laughs> we all do it. But, but how important is peace? Anybody want a good night's sleep tonight? Amen. If you didn't have one last night because you didn't have peace, you're like, please, Lord, give me peace tonight. How many of you want peace? peace in your parenting? Well, he promises a peace that passes understanding. In all areas of our life, he is our peace. Jesus said in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you, I give you. So don't let your hearts be troubled, nor let them be afraid. So pick someone to, to pray and, and just thank the Lord for his... Is peace. Okay. The last remaining candle, and we're going to light that and just have a brief couple of scriptures read on, read on that, and then we're going to sing our final song together. So, the last candle in the middle, uh, the white candle, represents salvation, the salvation of Christ. Um, how many of you are grateful for your salvation tonight? Let me hear you. Let me hear you. Let the Lord hear you. <laughs> I'm right. sorry.
1: Matthew 1, 18 to 21 says this, The birth of Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, was not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins.
0: Amen. He took on flesh for the sole purpose of dying for us. We're gonna talk about that on, on Sunday or Saturday night and Sunday. In the series, The Chosen, which is um, a great series if you're not watching it or haven't seen it, but in the, the one section about uh, where they reenact the birth of Jesus, Mary and Joseph come into Bethlehem and she's very ready to deliver. And the busyness of the city and all that, they really capture all of that. and. She sits down and Joseph goes to look at another and he's coming back. There's nothing, there's nothing. And then as she sits down, she, she just kind of leans back. And as she looks, they show this interaction between her and um, basically a, 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 a silversmith. What do you call those guys? The guys that are beating? A blacksmith, yes. That's what they're with, silver. A blacksmith. And And he's looking at her and she's looking at him and... And he's making these spikes, and he just happens to make one, throw it down, look at her, she looks at him, and and I'm like, oh, this is heavy, man, and he throws three of them, and then, of course, nailed in his hands and his feet, and then he he looks at her, and it was almost like the contemplation of what she was told by the angel, the reality of all of that. and I'm a visual learner, and and we like to use visual aids to help uh, through our teaching around here. And and even as you're planning your your Christmas celebrations, please go to our website and our social media stuff. We're going to have some 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 aid out there for you, um, some videos that you can watch, and and even some um, songs to sing and some scriptures to read um, to help you really start some cool traditions in your. Your time in celebrating Christ's birth, um, Christmas morning or whenever that is, but but do include this as well. Focus as you're you're reading about this not just on the babe in the manger, but who that babe grew up to be and why he came. I think uh, we'll talk about that again as we celebrate um, Christmas. But um, why don't we all just? I'm going to pray. Lord, thank you so much for. Um, Loving us to the extent that you would take on flesh and and die for us, and we who are saved here, we are and we're eternally grateful and we we would only ask in this season that that more would come to know you fully for who you are, and any here or online or our family members that have yet to give their life to you, man. We we really pray that this would be the year. And if you want to use us or our settings um, to help connect those dots, to help them understand who you are and to help them understand how to give their life to you because this is why you came. Lord, use us. Use our church. Use our celebrations. Use those settings. And as we pause tonight as family, as Calvary Chapel La Hopper. Lord, we just want to thank you. And we want to tell you we love you. And as we sing this last song and fellowship afterwards, man, may you, may you just know that. We just love you. And we're grateful. Thank you, Jesus. And we pray this in your name. Amen.
3: Amen. Oh